0: Our second scripture reading today is from Hebrews 4, 12 to 16. For the word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And this is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we must give account. Seeing then that we are a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time of worship. Lord, we just ask you to show us in these words what you'd have us to learn today. And as we've studied through the months the sword of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit indwell each and every one of us. And Lord, may my words be your words. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good morning. Uh, I'm Don Rowlett. Uh, I think most of you know my wife, Karen, and myself. But for those of you who don't, uh, just a quick update of who we are and wh- what we do. Uh, My wife, Karen, and I have been blissfully married in November for 38 years. Blissfully, heavy on blissfully. (laughs) We use that in one service, I'm sure. She deserves sainthood for living with me for that long because I'm check-in, check-out, Don. I'm the energy czar. I test her in many ways, shapes, or form. Uh, We've been coming to this church since about 1991 both Karen and I are adult, I, adult Sunday school teachers, and I almost say adult daycare center, but that's <laughs> a slip there on that. Uh, we're heavily involved with the Doorway of Light prayer ministry and vacation Bible school. Uh, I've been a Boy Scout for about 50 years and will be buried as such. Um, I recently retired from Kinemetal after almost 30 years as an engineer. Uh, I was also raised Baptist, too. So, uh, Tom Allen, are you here? Raise your hand. He's one of our rowdier ones in the 8 o'clock service. (laughs) And there's some stories about being a little rowdy in this building in the past. Yes? So you're more than welcome to say amen, praise the Lord, shout, wave. Two weeks ago, there was a young lady, I came in here late, she sat in the back, that just praised and worshiped the Lord. So you're, you're welcome to do that. That just encourages me to go further and further on down the road. So, and also, I encourage you, if you've never tried the 8 o'clock service, uh, it's quite exciting with Tom being rowdy there. And then we had Norman do an episode here about three or four weeks ago in the middle of the aisle. And I believe it was a miracle uh, to this day because he had no pulse. And I was an EMT for many years and we couldn't, there's three of us, could not get a pulse out of him. And he came back and I think it was a miracle and I think it's from the prayer that we did. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now I throw my script away. (laughs) Because when this light came on, it brought a story to me that uh, I must share. Uh, Many years ago, my brother was conned into doing one of the three wise men in a Christmas program, and they worked for two months going over their lines and everything else, and and they were just perfect, and this was during the day right after church that we did all this type of thing. So our service was um, a Sunday night, a Christmas service that we had, and so... Three wise men and Dave McCaslin and some of his friends were part of it, so they trudge out as the great wise men. And they get in front of the group, and they turn a spotlight on them. And the three wise men became dumb. (laughs) And for three minutes, they said absolutely nothing. (laughs) We led the three wise men off the stage. They uttered no words. So every time I see a spotlight, I have to tell that story. That is not part of it. So in my walk with the Lord,
1: uh, and I
0: say walk, stumble, crawl, he drags me, whatever he may do. I've always asked the Lord to, uh, through daily events and things that happen in our life, to teach me what I should learn from him. And so today I wanted to share three of these events that bless me in hopes that maybe they will bless you as well. So with that, we're going to start out with the first one that I had. Several years ago, thank you, the dear panth for water. <laughs> I think a politician did this and ruined his life, right? <laughs> Somebody, Anyway. So about four years ago, I was visiting my mom in West Tennessee, and she goes to Baptist Church, and uh, I always attend. And we went to her Sunday school class, okay? And the average age in the Sunday school class was around 83. (laughs) So I was rather one of the young ones. And the teacher had a story that he read, and I asked for a copy of it, and I ask your permission that I may read it, because I think it has some things to say. And the uh, name of this story is The Yellow Light. The light turned yellow just in front of him. The driver did the right thing, stopping at the crosswalk, even though he had been beaten, could have beaten the red light, by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman in painting clothes was furious behind him and honked her horn, screaming in frustration as she missed her chance to get through the intersection, dropping her cell phone on the car floor. As she was in still mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit her car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a holding cell, as standard practice. After 30 minutes, a policeman approached her cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her with her personal items. He said, I'm very sorry, ma'am, for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, yelling at the guy in front of you. I noticed the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Choose Life license plate holder, the Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. And with the ragged clothes, I naturally assumed you had stolen the car. I don't know whether you've heard that or not. I thought it was kind of neat. <laughs> but does that not speak volumes? As Christians, we say we're Christians, but what are our actions like? The old saying, you know, actions speak louder than words each and every day. You know, I've worked in the industry for 45, 50 years in a very tough industry in foundries and things like that. And I feel like people today, there is a void that's in us, a spiritual God, whatever you want to call it, that people are looking to fill. And we as Christians have a chance to witness what we've been studying, the fruits of the Spirit, the nine fruits of the Spirit. And they're just crying for that, so that each and every day, if we can show some of these fruits, and it doesn't have to be all of them, but just a couple of them, this would be fantastic, because they're grasping, they're desperate. Karen and I watched a movie last night where people were just looking for this to fill this void. So it's an important thing that we should do. So the other thing I wanted to do today was to share a couple of people who absolutely know nothing about what I'm about to say. And one of them is my wife, Karen. Karen. And if you've been into speaking, one of the cardinal rules in speaking is never mention your wife in a message. Okay? So if there's a mysterious death of me tonight, (laughs) please come to my funeral at Berkey Biles on Tuesday. But anyway, what I want to share about Karen, with your permission... So, you have to ask for permission, right? One of her gifts that I see is her hunger for the Word of God and what peace it brings to her. And I envy her because she cannot get enough of it. She is constantly in the Bible reading, and I see how it just envelops her and comforts her. If there's any message to be given there, is that the Word of the Bible can give us peace peace, love, joy, all the fruits that are there, the nine fruits. So I'm just envious of that. The other person that I would wanted to share with was Sonia Og, who is not here. She knew I was going to talk about her, so she decided to go to Maine instead. But again, I worked in Kinemetal for 30 years. I worked with Sonia, and you guys can share this with her, please. Because uh, I worked with her for about 15 years at KineMetal. And there is a lady that oozes the gifts of the spirit each and every day. In a very tough industrial environment. She loves her people. She's a supervisor. She loves them. She takes care care of them. When they cry, she cries. That type of thing. So there's just a couple examples there. Now, is she perfect? No. We have an Indian... uh, counterpart in another part of our company who has what's called the gift of irritation. (laughs) Okay, if you've not heard that before. That is not a gift of the spirit, by the way. We're not, you know, what you want, what you don't want. Gift of irritation is not there. And I've heard her scream in her loudest voice, and her office was as far away as those back doors are there. Hear her scream in frustration. So we all have frustrations but if anything we can learn about this is that people are watching us as Christians and it's important that we be real that we have struggles but that we have some answers that we can give them and that's the gifts of the spirit page three No. next encounter Uh, Several years ago, friends of ours asked us to go with them to Duck, North Carolina. And in Duck, North Carolina, for about a week of vacation, they had a uh, beach house there. And about a week before uh, we were to go there, there was a major hurricane that did not hit the area but went through it. And so I was excited because I'm a beachcomber, and I love to go to the beach and pick up stuff. And I take driftwood and shells and stuff and try to make art out of it. And Karen can testify to the Walmart bags full of junk that I drag off of it. And God bless her, we bring it home. And she eases it out in the garbage later on, whatever. <laughs> but I'm happy, so that's what counts. So anyway, we were there, and we got there about mid-afternoon. And if any of you have been to Duck? Yeah, Okay. There is a, uh, as you walk along the beach going, I think it's south, you know, maybe directions may be wrong, there's a military area in there that has big signs. It says uh, government property, do not trespass, will be shot on sight, or something like that, that type of thing. So when I was in that section, I found a very large... <laughs> Cell phone. Have you heard this story before? <laughs> Gee. And so it was a nice cell. It was an iPhone, you know. I don't know how to run them too good, but it's an iPhone. So I threw it in my bag, along with other things. And we struggled our way back from the beach back to the beach house. And that night, a uh, Mitch and Mary are friends of ours is we got this cell phone out, and we tried to dry it out. And as a true Christian, Mitch didn't have a phone, so I was going to give him this one. And there's just, just a few things wrong with it. I mean, it just had a cracked uh, screen. It's full of seawater and moss growing on it. But what are Christians for? We give, right? But anyway, we got into the spirit of this thing thinking, well, this isn't a military site, and here's this phone. I wonder, who, whose phone is this thing? And, you know, and I'm dating myself, secret agent man. You remember that? Some of you do. Uh Mission Impossible, is that for the younger guys? I think we saw a movie on that not too long ago. So we got to thinking that, well, maybe during this hurricane, someone like Tom Cruise or something <laughs> parachuted into the beach and didn't quite make it. So we were curious. Of course, we were trying to dry the phone out to see if we could, could use it, which it never did happen, by the way. I don't know why. But anyway, we went back the next day. And so the next day, we picked up clues because we want to know what's this secret agent man look like, you know? Because who is this guy and where is he? So we went right in the same area. I got my big Walmart bag out. Okay, and these are the things we found. We found a 17 and a half right. Foot, seventeen and a half size right foot. That's a good size foot. The left foot was seven and a half. We found a tennis shoe. We found a Georgia Tech ball cap. We found glasses with uh, one lens missing. Uh, then there was a large, very large, extra large T-shirt, and we actually found some scuba gear and everything else, which confirmed. You know, this must be our secret agent man. So, can you imagine? Here is our quote, Tom Cruise, a secret agent man 17 and a half right foot, a seven and a half left foot, small swimming trunks, a large, huge chest, a a Georgia Tech fan, which I never could understand, (laughs) instead of Penn State, and sunglasses with one of the lenses missing. Now, do you guys think you could pick this guy out of a police lineup? <laughs> I think so. So, all of this story for what? I said, well, Lord, what are you teaching us? What, what am I to learn from this thing? And there were three things that the Lord said, Ask about this. How many of us look for the treasures of God? One. Two. How many of us look for the treasures of God every day. Three. How can you find the treasures of God if you never look? That's what I got from this. Matthew thirteen forty four. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, or in this case, the beach, which a man found and hid And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, when most of us us think, get my words out here, think of treasure, what do we think of? We think of diamonds, rubies, pirate gold, that type of thing. This is like a 535 carat smoky topaz. And if you can see, I appreciate the light being here, how it's faceted. This is what we think of, and most of us think of, and myself, when we think of treasure. God's treasure is not so materialistic. God's treasure is much more spiritual, relationship, and that type of thing. And so I wrote down a couple of the things that I thought might be God's... Back up one here. Because I wanted to share it's important. Here it is. Types of hidden treasure from God. The most important, in my opinion, eternal salvation. His word, health, music, loved ones, friends and family, wisdom, safety, jobs, and nature. The list goes on and on. And of course, we must add the fruits of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control how many of you watched the series in the history channel this summer on alone raise your hand not many wow okay um, it was kind of an interesting where 10 men were put on to an island in Canada where it rained every day practically To survive. And I was a Boy Scout and I did a lot of survival work. So I was very interested in that. And what is amazing about the ten men that were put out there was this. Within the first day, besides food, they were missing what? Their families. Families and friends and everything. In a majority of the cases, the reason that they bunsed out, as they said, was because of their relationship with family and who they missed. And the question I have to ask is that how do we value our family and our relationships and why this crazy, busy world that we live in today, we take our families for granted. Are they the most important thing? God should be on top, family, then work, and guilty as charged, totally guilty of charged with that. I'm a workaholic, and Karen can testify to that as well. So in taking from this thing is that it's important that we each and every day try to take the treasures of God and use them. And there are families, relationships, and that type of thing. Last one. Excuse me, I have to drink here. I'm an engineer. Uh, I have been taught to be logical all of my life. Everything has a purpose, reason, and everything else. So about three weeks ago, and by the way, I should share, I've always prayed to the Lord that because my head is so hard, that if I'm to share something, get a two by four and hit me on the side of the head. Because it's it's that thick. So three weeks ago, I had a dream, and I must share that with you. And you say our dream's scriptural. I have a scripture here that talks about it. In Acts 2.17, the prophet Joel said, And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy... Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And classifying myself as a 20-year-old, I'm classifying myself as the old man. So it is scriptural. So this is a tough thing for me, so bear with me on this a little bit. Um, So... Basically, at 3.30, and, and the other thing I should share, as Christians, we should be discerning Christians, right? So whoever's up here, our job is to discern, is this of God or is this of man? Because this is a, if it's of God, we keep it. If it's of man, throw it out. So this dream that I had, I will leave you judged to whether this is of God or man, and you can go with it however you want. Back to the dream. So three and a half weeks or four weeks ago, about 3:30 in the morning, I was I awoke to a dream, and I was tired. And you have to understand, I don't dream a lot. When I sleep, I sleep like a dead man, and so I don't remember my dreams. Okay, they just don't come. So I said, "Lord, let me sleep. Let me sleep." And I was working on this message, and uh, I finally got up and I typed the vision on the bottom of my sermon sheets and went back to bed and went to sleep. Great. Next morning I get up, opened up the computer, read this the dream that I had and I said, Lord I don't want to share this thing. People will think that I am crazy to share my dream to this group. The Lord said, you're already crazy. Don you haven't got anything to lose. <laughs> True. True as Karen will testify. So, why is this stool here? This crazy man's dream was about a stool. And the Lord showed me a stool in my dream. And it was a four-legged stool. And this is to represent... I'm sorry, choir. But um, this is to represent our Christian life. And each one of these four legs is a foundation for our Christian life. And the question is, is that what are the four legs? And they are faith, worship, prayer, and study. That's what the Lord shared with me. So let's go through each of them very quickly. The first one is faith. If you believe Jesus is the Son of the living God, who died for your sins, was raised and on the third day was in heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God. You've got faith. Faith of a mustard seed will move mountains. We've got that covered. Second is worship. Lord says, I am a jealous God. Worship me and me alone. One of the things that he has shown me through the years is worship God. So when we're here, don't worship me. Don't worship my message. Don't worship the choir or Rod, or anyone else. He's a jealous God. Worship him. The third one, which is important, and I have these little signs, is prayer. So I'm going to put these up as a visualization because I should do that. So here's our faith. Worship We talked about in prayer. Third one is prayer. So let's take prayer. Did we pray today? Yes, amen. Okay. Some of us pray better than others. Yes. There are prayer warriors that do much better, but we pray. But we also have the Holy Spirit, so there's no excuse for us Praying wrong because the Holy Spirit knows our heart and what we can do. So when we pray, we pray. So we got those three covered. Last one. Study. And the engineer put this stuff together. It'll probably fall apart. (laughs) Why are you guys laughing at that? (laughs) Study. Hey, we got study. Visualization. Study. Study the Lord. And again, this dream was for me. But he wanted me to share it. The Lord showed me the study of God's word is my weakest area. And why did he show me a four-legged stool? Any of these legs come off, what happens to the stool? It falls down. So this is our foundation. So if we lose any one of these legs, they fall down. So my leg is study. I'm a Sunday school teacher, guys. 15 years, 20 years of teaching Sunday school. And the Lord's convicting me, I'm not studying enough. And I think it became very obvious to me when I retired, I started. And I know the New Testament fairly well and some of the old. But the Lord put on my heart and my bucket list to read the Bible in one year. I've learned more in the last three months I've been retired and reading the Old Testament than probably the last five or six years and that just spoke to me so basically study of the God word is where I failed and is weak and my importance and what I need to do is to work on that the other thing that the Lord put on my heart was that small group study I don't know is Joy Blackburn here today I don't think she is we in this church have small studies through Sunday school during the week, almost every day of the week. I beg you, encourage you to get into a small group study. In my Sunday school class, Mr. Murphy's there, and I think mix around and others. We learn so much in that class. We cry with each other. We laugh with each other. We hold each other accountable. I can't explain that to you unless you're in that. So I strongly encourage you to get in a small group study to learn his word because you can grow from that to become the Christian to develop into what the Lord wants us to be, to have a stable life of this, these legs and four chairs hold, or legs holding the chairs down. So in conclusion, i probably rambled too long, haven't I? If you remember only two things today. Remember the treasures of God. Let's go look for it each and every day. And this is in person, places, and things that can be hidden. The other thing is, remember the four-legged stool that we have. And is our leg, one of our legs weak, or two, or three, or whatever, let's build them up so that we have a stable stool to stand or sit on for God. Uh, I thank you for your time and attention. It was very much a pleasure of mine to speak. And uh, I'm glad that the Lord gave me a few things to say. And Rod, could I ask you a favor, uh, just one verse of In the Garden, if you would, please?
1: Tell me, choir. I come to the garden alone, Why? Still on the roses And the voice I hear Going on my ear The Son of God Discloses And He walks with me And He talks
0: pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, and it is so precious. May we treat it as precious, Lord. And Lord, as I've said, just teach us, Lord, what to do and how to do it, and to look for the lost and have a hunger for the lost, that we may bring them to you. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen.